This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. It's Oscar season, a time when Hollywood is in even more of the spotlight than usual, with debates about America's most enduring contribution to world culture, movies. But when we say Hollywood, it's kind of like saying Washington. There's more that makes up these places than just these places. In many cases, the people who make things go in Hollywood, like in Washington, come from somewhere else, and they land in those places after long professional or personal journeys that start all over the globe. And sometimes those Hollywood scripts start in a place like Washington, where people toil in a variety of pursuits on their way to the silver screen. We're going to talk to three of those people today on political theater, denizens of the DMV, if you will, creatures of Washington, whose work just might land them in Hollywood someday. All three landed their screenplays at last year's Austin Film Festival, an influential circuit gathering that frequently shows movies destined for greatness. Nick Gambino is a writer who lives in Northern Virginia and was a winner for drama feature screenplay for his The Fuck It List. Hey, Nick. Hey. Courtney Weaver is the Financial Times U.S. business and politics correspondent and is based in Washington. She was a semifinalist along with her co-writer Liz Goodwin for the comedy feature screenplay Likeable. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you. And CQ Roll Call's own Chris Wright. He's worn a lot of editorial hats in his time at CQ and Roll Call and is currently our production editor. He was a comedy feature finalist for his script, MacGuffin. Chris, hello. Hello there. Chris, I think that you're, this is your debut on political theater as well as, as uh, Nick and Courtney's. It is. It is indeed. Excellent. I, w- I will state, uh, you know, we, we, we don't vid- uh, use video on these yet because we're, we're still tinkering with, with some of it, maybe someday. But I do, I, I really appreciate the sort of call center vibe you've got, Chris, with the, with the headset. I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm going to get a tote bag out of this. Yeah, this, this is my, I borrowed this from my spouse. I was concerned <laughs> about not having podcasted much. I was concerned about how to sound and that there would be bad background noise without it. So yeah, this is, I do, I do look like, like a call center guy, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. So let's, let's start with like how you all got to know each other. Uh, I mean, obviously there is the, the, the gathering force of the Austin film festival, but did any of your paths cross uh, here, here in Washington or, or anywhere else before you all ended up at the Austin film festival uh, with your screenplays? Uh, Nick, why don't we start with you? Uh, yeah, so Courtney and I go way back. Okay. <laughs> no, no, we met about five minutes ago. Uh, so Courtney and I didn't meet. We were apparently both in Austin, but we didn't. Um, Chris and I met in Austin. Okay. Right? Like we, uh, yeah, Driscoll the first Bar. Night, or the night before, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the night before uh, the festival kicked off um, at the Driscoll Bar, which is kind of like the place where everybody congregates and the, the alcohol flows and the writers. You in, know, in Austin, uh, among film writers, film you yeah. know, film people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Driscoll, the Driscoll Hotel is this awesome, you know, place. It's it's like 130 years old, and I think it's considered the most haunted hotel in America. And anyways, it's always been like the hub. That's you know, you see Shane yeah. Black hanging out there. Uh, you Larry know, David was there the night I met you. I, Larry you know, David wine hanging out. Yeah, remind, yeah. remind me when the Austin Film Festival is. It's late, late, late last year, November or December. I can't remember. October, yeah, it's late October. October, October, yeah. October. Yeah. right around Halloween. 
Right. So, oh, perfect for a haunted uh, hotel then. And yeah, I, I was uh, I was in Austin the first time for me last year for South by Southwest, uh, you know, another uh, sort of big gathering. And, and a couple of the parties were at uh, the, the Driscoll. Uh, and and among among the people I, I saw there was the the guy from Chumbawamba because he had a documentary. <laughs> so that's my claim to not Larry, not quite Larry David, but uh, better. Yes, it, it, it was quite quite cool. Uh, the, the, of course, the uh, you know the documentary was called "I Get Knocked Down." Uh, so, <laughs> so, Courtney, your screenplay uh, "Likable" uh, seems seems uh, you know very. Very Washington, very very Washington sort of screenplay. It's uh, why don't you talk a little bit about it because it's uh, it, it it sounds like uh, it's it's right up the alley for our listeners of our podcast. Sure. Um, so just kind of as a, a backstory, so uh, Liz, my my friend and uh, a fellow journalist here in DC, um, we uh, we had never done any screenwriting before, and in 2018 we took a uh, screenwriting class at Georgetown's Continuing uh, School of Continuing Studies. Shout out for that if anyone is interested in doing any continuing studies or in screenwriting. Um, there's a fantastic uh, teacher there named Kevin Downs. Um, so we took this intro class together that fall. Um, and then that November, it was, it was like right after the midterms. And um, there were some rumors that Hillary Clinton was thinking about running again for the White House. And I just had been kind of fascinated, like during the 2016 campaign, I had watched all these like old interviews with her. Uh, where, you know, like right after uh, Clinton was elected as governor and she was just like this completely different person than the person who ran in 2016. Like she was just totally unfiltered, just like sarcastic. Uh, and I was like, what, if, you know, and, and just thinking back to kind of like when she was secretary of state and there'd be all these like memes of her with like the glasses and stuff and like people just like ate it up, you know? And I was like, what if she did run for president again? But like this time she ran as like her her true self, you know, and like instead of like hating her, like turned out America, like loved her. So that was kind of the genesis of this piece and uh, the, the script. And uh, yeah, we just thought it was, uh, you know, politics is a great uh, venue for humor, obviously, because uh, it's all ridiculous. Uh, but also just kind of like exploring this idea of like, you know, can a woman actually win the White House and what does it look like and kind of making fun of both the politicians, but also, you know, us as well. And the, the title of the, of the screenplay, uh, you know, har- harkens back to the just, just kind of like weird, epic, like kind of crappy burn, you know, that Obama had on Hillary uh, during one of their debates uh, where he said, oh, you're likable enough, Hillary. Uh, and, and it's just, it's such a, it's such a great long tail that just that, that comment, it, it, it was so condescending uh, t- to her and, and and says so much about like where our politics were at that point, you know, it, it, it seems. So, yeah, it, it's... Uh, and, and continue to be in a way, you know, it's like, um, I feel like kind of any kind of major, you know, female candidate, you know, usually for the White House, but even, you know, for lower offices as well, you know, everyone's just like, oh, there's just like something I don't like about her. And I just like, I can't, I can't put my finger on what it is, you know, I just like... Um, but I think, you know, I think I know we're, like this is not going to be a politics podcast, but I think with with Hillary in particular, um, like, you know, when I would interview like all these, you know, women, yeah, millennial or Gen Z women about her, I think like people kind of struggle with her authenticity. So kind of like, you know, questioning this issue of likability, but also questioning authenticity as well. And that's kind of like what the script was trying to do. Cool. Chris, your uh, your your script MacGuffin is not political. It's, uh, it's, not. it's a a bit uh, yeah. Talk about it a little bit because I you know it's it's 
it sounds like film nerd paradise. Yeah. So um, I guess for me, screenwriting is sort of an escape from my DC life. Um, since my job is just, <laughs> is, you know, it's politics and policy, um, everything, everywhere, all at once, if you will. Um, and that kind of, so, you know, I, I start work in kind of late morning. And so like the couple hours I have after my kids go to school and before I start work is sort of when I try to focus on writing or rewriting or reading my scripts. Um, so yeah, MacGuffin is, it's a mystery comedy thriller, um, sort of glass onion meets scream. Um, the premise is that events from Hitchcock movies are suddenly wreaking havoc all over Los Angeles and no one knows why. And a, a skeptical rookie cop and an obsessed film geek uh, team up to try to stop it be- before things go totally crazy. Um, it starts with doves from a peace rally dive bombing a kid's birthday party. The, the cop intervenes embarrassingly. He winds up on the news reciting lines from the birds, but doesn't know he's doing it. Um, the movie buff sees him on the news doing this and is like, what the hell? Uh, it goes and confronts him, and and the the cop is like, I don't know what you're, what are you talking about? I've never seen this movie before, and it goes from there. Um, so it's sort of like a, I don't know, it's a love letter to Hollywood of sorts, I guess. That people have, who have read it have said, um, and just kind of trying to have fun with old movies and show them to a new audience in like a new way, basically. And and for the for the non Hitchcock fans or 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 just folks who haven't uh, are, are not as immersed in it as as uh, the, the four of us on this MacGuffin is a, a reference to the 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 sort of the pr- the the plot device that propels a lot of of Hitchcock's movies. Uh, it's shown up in other places, most notably in, pu- in Pulp Fiction. There's a briefcase in Pulp Fiction that has this shiny object, but we never know what it is. But it it's it's the thing that propels the plot, but was never really revealed. And so that's a, a MacGuffin. Uh, so it's a uh, uh, um, Nick, let's talk about the fuck it list. Yeah, the fuck it. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel so, uh, it's, it's so fun. I get to say a, a, a naughty word, uh, <laughs> that is just, I'm just, it's just your, the title of your, your screenplay. Like I, you know, the, I know it's not your fault. It's mine actually. No, it was great. When, uh, Jim Hart, who's the guy who, you know, wrote contact August rush, Dracula hook. He, um, he was the one who presents my award in Austin and he leaned into it when he said the title you could tell he was just loving saying it. And when I got up there, I shook his hand, he leaned in and goes, great fucking title. So he really, it is, it's a fun, it's a fun title. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess we can talk about what it's about. It's a, it, it's, it's a dark comedy. Um, you know, it's, I won the drama award, but there's a lot of comedy in this, but there's also a lot of dark moments. So, it, you know, I ended up entering it as a drama, but it's, uh, you're talking to three journalists. We can yeah. handle it. So it's about a, a down on his luck schlub who, um, sick of life, decides to kill himself and then discovers he can't die. Uh, and the fucking list actually refers to um, a list he creates of ways to kill himself. I told you it's dark. Uh, but the, the list end up, ends up becoming a therapy of sorts. He ends up going to this thing and he wakes up every day and he lives to try and kill himself. So it, 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 it was this thing where I was like, okay, when I was creating, crafting the script, I was like, should I go? I wanted to go totally comedy with it originally. And I was like, it's too sensitive a subject matter. Like when I really got into it, and I really wanted to treat it authentically. Like what's this guy going through? Why would he be doing this? Why would we, he be creating this list? This thing where he's now obsessed with and he's living to try and die. I was like, that just ended up moving into this kind of dramatic sphere and uh, I wanted to kind of explore this concept of fuck it, which is a spectrum, right? On one side of it, you're like, fuck it, I'm done with life. I don't want to live anymore. And then the other side, it's like, fuck it, let's go. Let's live life to the fullest. Let's do it. And so, you know, I kind of explore that that arc throughout the script, starting at one end, ending in the other. 
So got three three people from three different walks of life here in DC, three very different projects. Uh you all were, you know, like recognized, you know, as as I mentioned at the top, you know, either winning finalists, semifinalists. What went through your mind, you know, as you're, you know, you're you're accepted, you're, you know, you 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 know, these things don't happen like all at once, right? They it's it's a painstaking process to write these things, to go through it, to submit them, to get rejected, to get accepted. You know what's what was going through your mind? What like when when you realized like you were you were your script you know was was going to Austin and actually people were reading it and saying like hey this may this may be something that gets made into a movie someday like what's the what's that initial thought you know because with especially with journalism it's such a quick hit right I mean like we we hit our deadline you know it gets published and we can tweet it out and say like look I did that but this is like something that takes months and years sometimes to come to fruition, Courtney. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So this was so this is a script that I wrote with Liz. It was actually the first like full feature script I'd ever written. Um, and writing it was just like a total thrill because like when you've never done something before and you and also like being in journalism where you're so constrained by, you know, the facts and the news. And uh, it was just so fun to do something fiction. Um, and yeah, so we we wrote it and then we revised it a couple of times. Um, and then kind of like put it, we both had like kid, a couple of kids and um, Anyway, then I've like I've done a couple of things since then. Um, uh, yeah, but I we kind of submitted to Austin this year, and it was it was very cool that it progressed. Um, it felt, yeah, it was totally thrilling. And I I forget uh, one one of you. This, this was in Chris's notes uh, to to me when he was when he was just you know sharing you know some of your background. One of you had like Chris was it your script that was read that actually did like the they did the the reading. At yeah, Austin? they did. Um, it got chosen for a like a live full read through at Austin too. So that was I think probably almost more finding that I was almost more exciting than being a semifinalist and then a finalist. Like I was actually picking up my son at school when they called about that, and I thought they were calling to I don't know tell me it hadn't advanced or something. And instead, it was that. And I was like, and they're like, would it be okay? Would you mind if we did this? And I'm like, no, yes, please, please do that. That's amazing. Um, you know, we had a couple of rehearsals on Zoom beforehand. Um, six or so actors from the Austin area who contributed their time and, you know, read through the script and in a room with like, you know, probably 30 or so people. And uh, I, I cut out a lot of the stage directions, so to speak, uh, to make it a little bit shorter. But then as it was going, I'm like, oh, I should have cut out more because the poor guy who was reading all the like the scene stuff was saying exterior, Heath's bedroom, day, exterior, <laughs> like over and over again. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. This could have been, you know, even shorter. But no, it was it was really cool. And I watched um, a couple of the other people's uh, screenplays that were also uh, read live there, and they were really good too. Um, it was sort of a jinx though, because none of us whose scripts were read live uh, won our categories. But it was still very cool. <laughs> so I have no regrets. <laughs> yeah. Nick, you may, you know, the, we, we were talking a little bit before before everybody came on, and, and you're, you're talking a little bit about your podcast that you had previously, Get to the Movies. You did over 200 episodes. And so you're, you know, you've been immersed, you know, in, in this industry. Just talk a little bit about how. I mean, again, this I'm, this makes me sound like I'm trying to get you to brag about yourself, but like this is a big deal for the three of you. That I mean, like this doesn't happen to everybody. These these festivals get, especially a festival like Austin, get thousands of of entries. I mean, what was going through your mind as you, you know, somebody who's done a podcast but written for you know other other things like for the screen? Like, what a big deal this is. <laughs> yeah, it was surreal. Is the word I keep using? Like it was really surreal. Um, it almost felt like supernatural at one point because not only was that script advancing, but then this, while I was in Austin, another screenplay I wrote 
um, someone ended up finding it on the blacklist and it ended up becoming like this whole other thing that started getting a bunch of traction and getting heat at the exact same time. So it's like you're toiling away for years trying to do it and then everything starts to converge, which I've heard this happening, this phenomena where like nothing's happening, you're putting in the work, you're beating your head against the wall and then all of a sudden it all kind of happens at the same time, which is what, you know, it was literally the same time. I was in Austin. I think I was maybe even walking to uh, the awards luncheon where it's where I found out that I won and I got like a, an email from a development exec at a big production company. And it was just like the, for the other script that, and they didn't even know I was in Austin. I was like, well, I'm going to find out if I won at the Austin film festival. So I'll get back to you. And it just, I don't know, just everything started happening. And I was like, you know, God finally started to like me again. Like <laughs> I'd gone through a few years of him, like, you know, testing me as like the protagonist of my own story. And uh, it's kind of, you know, and just sitting in that at awards luncheon and then them saying my name, I was like, I don't win lotteries, but it felt like winning the lottery. And um, and winning is like dynamite for getting people. I mean, Courtney and Chris can attest to this, like getting people to read your stuff is hard in this industry, like getting producers, managers, agents. But then I won and it was like even just cold querying was like people actually responded at like a 40 percent you know, success rate on getting people to respond. Usually you get like a. 0.4% success rate on cold queries. And it's just like, and then other people were just reaching out on their own. And all of a sudden it was like dynamite in their lap. People were just wanting to read. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's been kind of surreal. That's the word. That's the theme. I, I was looking at, I mentioned the, the, some of the films that played at the Austin film festival, you know, the, the, the other parts of the, this festival and, you know, it, it's, you've got, after Sun, you know, which 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 is you know has, has a little after, uh, Oscar buzz going for acting categories. You got Armageddon Time, you know, with, which has received a lot of uh, buzz. Didn't didn't do well in Oscar nominations, but like you know, is is one of those movies that people talked about. The Whale, Glass Onion. I mean, the, these these are the movies that I mean, this is the this is the the far end of of the journey that you're on right now. Um, it, it may be a while off, and again, and not all these obviously <laughs> these weren't movies that started as screenplays at the Austin Film Festival, but it, it shows that like the, these festivals, you know, like it almost seems like we're in this stage with movie production and series productions and so forth, where there are more options for things to be picked up, whether it's, you know, Apple TV or a traditional studio uh, or Amazon or Netflix or, or whatever. I mean, is it, is it hard not to think about that? <laughs> Like, you know, what, what, where this could go uh, as, as you get, as you talk to, you know, production companies and agents and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's still extremely difficult. Like, it's, I feel like I, you know, before I was like naive, I'm like, oh yeah, I, you know, this is amazing. I'm a finalist. And, and now it's like, well, that was like step one of like a 15 step yeah. journey. <laughs> To be realistic, I mean, uh, you know, it's not I've a had, twelve step journey. Though. That's well, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like with Nick. I had you know people responded to cold queries, which never had happened for me, and so you know we'll see if anything comes of that. But it's still very you know because it has to be not just that they like your script, but it has to be like the right script for them or the right person for them. Like there was one person who who I queried who had read it as a judge at the festival and they said that they really liked it, but it wasn't part of her mandate. So she had the pass. So I was like, that's, that's understandable, obviously. So, but no, I mean, it's just, it's really tough. And, but the array of movies, big and small at Austin shows that, you know, some people can pull it off in the right, you know, if everything lines up for you, it's just a question of getting that to happen or it happening to happen. 
I think also the nice thing about the um, the Austin the script competition is, and, and I, I don't know if you guys heard this too, but it just seems like um, there are a lot of people who won in other years where they submitted that script to like other contests and they didn't advance. And um, I just feel like it's a nice reminder that so much of this is subjective. And just because, you know, someone passes on your script or it doesn't advance in one contest doesn't mean that there's kind of a path for it in another. And um, I think Nick's right with the stuff, you know, it's like, you know, drop for years and then it rains. And just, I think one of the hard parts about screenwriting is just, you know, kind of keeping the faith that you can like somehow make it on this 15 step journey and, you know, make it to the end when, you know, there's not a clear path in sight. Um, uh, yeah. So I think it's really nice for that. As I was sort of preparing for the, for, for this podcast and, you know, reading over um, just, you know, your, your brief bios and so forth, I was, I couldn't help but think too, that like, I, I live up in Capitol Hill and um, I, I have uh, the, the, what I uh, sort of affectionately refer to as my old man coffee group uh, for uh, usually several mornings and uh, where I, I go and we just BS, you know, a, a bunch of us. It's a floating crew of people. But one of the people who's he, he's usually actually working off to the side, not so much, you know, like talking with us uh, about the problems of the world, but is is Lou Bayard, you know, who is is the writer of The, the Pale Blue Eye, the novel, The Pale Blue Eye which, you know, came out, the, the novel that, that he wrote, you know, came out 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago almost. And, you know, it was this, this long extended journey to fruition, uh, but really paid off, you know, because I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's, it's, it's a really good movie. And then also like it just hit, you know, kind of with Netflix viewers. I mean, it, 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 it wouldn't, I was a little surprised at, at it because, I mean, I really like the movie, but it's, it's kind of a grim movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a murder, you know, a murder mystery, uh, you know, with occult overturns and about Edgar Allan Poe's days at West Point. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I joked with Lou uh, once that it, 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 it felt like uh, you, you, the, the, the little shorthand you could use for, you know, like that, that happens with a lot of stories. It, this one could be uh, an unshowered Batman and goth Robin, you know, <laughs> with Christian Bale and, <laughs> and uh, I forget the, the guy, the Harry Potter guy who played Edgar Allan Poe. Why am I blanking on this? Oh man, I'm terrible with Harry Potter. I don't know. I do. Well, I, I, I really, you know, this, this has been a lot of fun. I really like, uh, you know, sort of just talking to people about their, their pursuits. I mean, the, you know, we, we have, um, we have, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in Washington. And I think this is a, a good way of like looking at like, you know, what, what some of us do in our, our spare time it's and, and, and professionally, and, and sometimes the, over, you know, it overlaps, you know, like Liz you're, or uh, Courtney, you and Liz were able to draw on, on a lot of your professional experiences. And then some of it is, uh, sounds pretty philosophical and heady, uh, in your case, Nick, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, and Chris, I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the, the premiere of, uh, <laughs> of MacGuffin, uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino, hopefully. You know, of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, anything I left off that y'all wanted to talk about just the, you know, just observations or, or things like that. Plug, plug stage, perspective agents, you know, <laughs> The guy who played Dudley on Harry Potter was, that's who you're talking about. Yes. I, yeah. I, I just looked it up. Yeah. yeah. I guess um, the only thing I was, uh, Courtney was mentioning uh, how it's so subjective. I just, you know, I just wanted to go back to that for a second. That, that is exactly right. Like, that's exactly what it, it's a, like, when I'm like, okay, I won drama category, but any of the finalists could have won that or any semifinal, like there's, there's, it, it's a competition, but competition in arts is hard, right? You can obviously, you can get out like the weed out the lower barrel stuff and that's obvious but then when you get above that where 
you're just like, it's subjective. Does somebody click with it or not? And that's where kind of that lottery luck thing comes in where you go, yeah. okay, I did the work. It was a good script. It's, it's a great script. I love the script, but it's, you know, it happened to click with readers, the, the readers who ended up reading it, they clicked with it, you know, but there's exactly. gonna, if, if it was readers that didn't click with it, then it wouldn't have advanced beyond that point. So it is this kind of thing where it's like put in the work, get good at it, but just realize there's a certain point where some people aren't going to click with it. Like the fucking list is about suicide, right? And there's jokes in there and there's funny stuff. It, you know, I treat it respectfully, but it respectfully, but it's, it's, some people are going to hit that and be like, this subject matter is crazy. This other one I just wrote is batshit crazy. And it has things in there that people are going to go, geez, but then other people reading be like, oh my God, I've been looking for something like this. You know, so who knows? Just put in the work, get good, I guess. I think also even like if you think both of your scripts, I feel like they could have been, either of them could have been submitted to drama or to comedy. And it's like, maybe they would have advanced in one and not in the other. And like, even that is subjective, you know? Right. So true. I actually I submitted this script to Austin the year before in the comic comedy category. It didn't even get second rounder. I mean, I get a rewrite on it. So it was a different draft, but it never advanced in Austin, you know, the year before. And then it goes and wins in the drama category because I was playing as a comedy, which was wrong. You know, that marketing mistake on my part. Yeah, different different judges too. I mean, and and the I I keep coming back to this thing about like the you know luck luck it does have a lot to do with you know like a lot of people's success, but it rarely happens without hard work behind it. And obviously, you know, the three of you put a lot of work in, in, into into your screenplays, and and while there may be some luck involved, it never would have taken place if you hadn't taken a class or you know followed up on this idea or looked for an escape you know, from, right. i think it is a causal processing effect. hot docs right chris I think <laughs> oh it, yeah i think it is a causal effect i think it is the hard work begets the luck and right you know so it at least gives you something you can work toward yeah well nick gambino courtney weaver and chris wright thank you so much for for talking to us here on political theater i think this has been a lot of fun um so, sometimes the you know when, when there's more than one uh guest and, and sometimes more than two and three it, it can be kind of chaotic but boy i mean we are a well-behaved bunch my goodness you know great cats uh thank you so much for for your time and, and talking about your uh your work thank you. thanks for having us thanks a lot thank you and thank you for listening out there uh our political theater uh, listeners, if you've liked this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, NPR One, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera. And subscribe to our newsletter, which you can find on rollcall.com. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.